0: Today is the second Sunday in our alternative online worship format. Unlike last Sunday when our worship team gathered in the sanctuary to prepare the elements of worship, we've each had to prepare our contributions independently of one another as we observe the order to stay home and help contain the spread of the coronavirus. Rather than preach a sermon from our series in John, I've chosen to prepare a message that speaks to our present circumstances from a beloved song. Have you noticed that with each experience of a crisis, an emergency that we have been through, we are introduced to a lexicon of new terms and phrases. During this COVID-19 pandemic, we have begun to speak of self-isolation, self-quarantine, lowering the curve, social distancing, and shelter in place. When that last phrase was delivered to us as an order from the government, the idea of being confined at home as shelter used as a command felt heavy-handed. When we find the same word, shelter, used as a noun in the Bible, it has quite the opposite feeling. It implies provision, care, and protection. Here are three examples, Psalm 91.1, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Isaiah 25.4, you have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. And Revelation 7, 15, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. While the term is not used directly in the passage I have chosen for our reflection, it is the theme throughout Psalm 121, an affirmation of God's attentiveness and provision for us. Let us hear this word of God as read by Peter Shell. Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your comings and goings, both now and forevermore. The Word of the Lord. Psalm 121 falls within a collection of psalms known as the Songs of Ascent. They begin at Psalm 120 and go through 134. And they're thought to be sung by people as they made their way to Jerusalem for one of the three annual religious festivals. The first being the Festival of Tabernacles, or booths, which occurs in the fall. Then the Festival of the Passover, which is in early spring and seven weeks later, the Passover of Pentecost, pardon me, the Festival of Pentecost. Because Jerusalem is located along the central ridge line of Israel, all roads and paths leading to it are at an incline and require a climb, hence the descriptive name Songs of Ascent. David Irvine related to me a comment he heard from a pastor friend who said, I didn't think this year I would be giving up church for Lent. None of us did. Not being allowed to gather together for worship makes me long for it all the more. That is the setting and occasion of this song. As people left their homes and set off on their journey to Jerusalem, a day-long journey for some, two to three days for others, they sang this song of trust in God in anticipation of their worship together. As many of you know, I was born in in the Southwest region of Missouri in the city of Springfield, dubbed by the tourism industry as the Queen City of the Ozarks. In my childhood, I enjoyed our family occasional visits to the hillside community of Branson. In those days, it was known Before it became known as a destination for musical theaters and entertainment shows, it was known as the setting of Harold Bell Wright's novel, Shepherd of the Hills. It was a quiet, picturesque place with an amusement park known as Silver Silver Dollar City and its adjoining Marvel Cave. There was a chapel in the park with a front picture window which looked out onto the hills and inscribed below that picture window from the Revised Standard Version of Psalm 121 was this verse, I lift my eyes to the hills. It wasn't until I learned the context of this psalm that I realized that inscription was a total misinterpretation of this passage. The psalmist is not looking to the hills or mountains as a source of inspiration. Quite the opposite. The mountaintops or high places of his day was where sacrifices were made to pagan gods. So when the psalmist considers his source for help, he declines what what the mountains have to offer with their worship and petition of false gods. And instead, he puts his faith in the one who is sovereign over such places. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The author's confidence in God's ability is unswerving. The power to help resides in God alone, maker of heaven and earth. Any level of doubt brought on by anxiety or fear is met by the conviction that all things are God's handiwork, and that same power continues to work to help me. My help comes from the Lord. The outbreak of this virus and its global impact, which knows no borders, has unleashed um, a mountain in a world of fear and anxiety. Experts say the risk could continue for weeks and months. The financial devastation may well go beyond that. People of every community are looking for help, for protection, and for security. They will look to the mountains, to the government, to any source that might offer them a sense of hope. As people of faith, we have a great opportunity to direct them to the one who will watch over them and provide for them, to encourage them to put their hope and trust in God. A person who knew something about the dynamic of faith in the presence of great fear was Corrie Ten Boom, who was imprisoned by the Nazi regime. She said, Never be afraid to trust to an, an unknown future to an unknown God. Let me say that again. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. The experience of sheltering in place has been compounded by the fact that most everything some of us might turn to for entertainment or diversion, such as events or outings with friends, travel, sports, and the like, have all been canceled. Life has been drastically pared down and peeled back. In the absence of a predictable, immediate future plan, we are left to ourselves, our thoughts, in our relationships. In other words, what is most essential? This is precisely what Lent is meant to be, a time to let go of what consumes us, what occupies us, and to give ourselves to God. The remaining verses of this psalm express a variation of the theme of God's keeping and watching power. The same Hebrew word translated into English as both keep as in the Revised Standard Version or watch over as in the New International Version, occurs six times in verses three through eight. He who watches over Israel watches over you. The Hebrew word is shamar. It's the same root used in the name of the local Hebrew synagogue, congregation Shomri Torah which means guardians of the Torah. The translation of the verb into English suggests a show of strength, but the Hebrew nuance is also conveyed as a tender covering. The noun form of the word signifies our eyelids. The noun form, um, pardon me, think of how the eyelids serve the good of the eye. When open, The eyelid allows the eye to see. When closed, it allows our eyes to rest and provides protection. The psalmist is saying, God is that close, that responsive to our needs. God protects us and guides us. In the first of three stanzas, the psalmist tells us, God will keep us safe from the elements below. He will not let your foot foot slip. In the second stanza, he tells us God will keep us safe from the elements above. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Think of the the phrase lunacy. Uh, The ancients thought the moon somehow had some power over our psychological well-being. And now in the final stanza, he envisions the span of one's life from daily coming and going throughout the whole span of our lives. To affirm God's provision does not mean the person of faith is exempt from suffering, as if there is some force shield of protection which surrounds us from being involved in some kind of accident or experiencing heart failure or contracting a viral infection. As Eugene puts it, Christians travel the same ground that everyone else walks on, breathes the same air, drinks the same water, shops in the same stores, read the same newspapers, are citizens under the same government, pay the same prices for groceries and gasoline, fear the same dangers and are subject to the same pressures, get into the same distresses, and are buried in the same ground. The difference is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by God. We know we are accompanied by God. We know we are ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure, what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from evil. He will watch over our life. We believe life is created and shaped by God, and that the life of faith is a daily exploration of the constant and and countless ways in which God's grace and love are experienced by us. This is a time we are having to come to terms, come to terms with and define what is most essential in our lives. As we do so, let us appreciate anew the gifts we take for granted. Let us affirm our interdependence and connectedness with one another. And let us deepen our awareness of God's presence and God's loving care of us. The one who watches out over our coming and going and staying put from this day forward and forevermore. Amen.